0: Welcome to Unbooking the Tank Atari, the bonus series from Unbooking the Territory, where we look at the ups and downs of the in-ring career of legitimately the hardest man that ever lived, one David Tank Abbott. This week, it's Tank Abbott's last ever WCW match. It's Tank Abbott and Free Count versus the Dark Carnival.
1: I'm going to give you the chance of a lifetime there, Doug Dunger. I'll let you come out here and take a shot on me. Wait till he finds out what's behind door number one. Oh, something down the road at the Silver Dome. It sinks playing to an empty house because the real deal is here. Oh, here he comes. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. Get that fat duck ass out here! I'll tell you something, Mike. He's not done yet. This man Tank Abbott is making a name for himself. So, how are you this week, Dan? I'm alright, we're just saying off air, a little bit knackered, it's been a busy old day at work, and a bit of a rough week, we're in peak, so it's all busy, 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 and I've got I've been looking forward to this all day, and, and no, I'm just a bit sad. Tank's last WCW match, it, it just feels like we're coming to the end of all this far too soon. It does indeed, it does indeed. Um, there will be a couple of Tank
0: talks after this one, on the second of those we're going to guest with uh, uh Danny and uh Chris and yeah uh, you so sort of get all four of us talking then the, then after that it's sap time it's
1: time it's time Oh god <laughs> I'm I'm looking for, I'm both looking forward to and dreading uh, sap time. I think it's going to be the best and worst thing we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we love a an MMA fighter who loves to sing and dance and he's going to have a match, a tag team match, against another MMA fighter who loves to sing and dance. It's, uh, we're going
1: to Bob Sapp. It's, a pop- it's American Idol before American Idol.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then uh, after that, Tank Abbott's last ever wrestling match uh, against uh, Josh Banner in Japan. We'll invite Chris and Danny on uh, Return the Favour and uh, we'll have a little bit of a roundtable about what we think about uh, Tank's run. If I I can talk through the
1: tears. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just... just, uh, Oh, I'm paying. I'm paying attention, honest. But in the background, you're playing WCW Backstage Assault
1: <laughs> while listening to "Leave the Memories Alone" by Fuel. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I unlock Tan Abbott before the podcast ends? <laughs> <laughs> with my gaming ability, definitely not.
0: No. Well, just, just keep hitting Stevie Ray with your urinal. That's how I did it. <laughs> That's in then insane game. So. So it sounds like uh, we've been drinking already We've only just started Honest Governor So um,
1: <laughs> you're drinking Dan and Speak for yourself, I had a double whisky in my granddad's. Um, <laughs> I am drinking I'm, uh, I'm, I've am i got the last of my, uh, my beer 52 box Finally, it's only taken Three recording sessions It's a bit of a mix I've got, uh, up first I've got Magic Rock uh, In a Ooh. collaboration with Masons It's called Botanicalist And it's a gin and tonic IPA Which can only go badly for me Because I fucking hate gin
0: Oh, so, <laughs> but uh, bottoms
1: up, my first sip. Yeah,
0: well, we said Magic Rock yeah. was decent 75% of the time, so it sounds like this is one of the 25.
1: Sorry, yeah, that was um whew, that's uh, very, very hazy. I can't actually taste any gin, though, it's just quite bitter. But anyway, it'll go down my neck because I've paid for it. Next up, I've got a, uh, it's called father Magic Stout, which is from the uh, collaboration of the Honest Bean Company and Free Assembly. That's 4.5%, so I love a good stout. And then another Yorkshire-based brewery, North Brewing Company, their Dream Cycle Oatmeal Stout, which I'm sure I've had before. It's 4.5%, and North Brewing, again, just do really good beer, so looking forward to that. And then if we get there, uh, I've got one of uh, one of Brew York's uh, – sorry, not Brew York, one of Northern Monks Classics. It's, uh, it's the Daily Match 2022 edition, which I normally like, but it, it's annoying because I have to – drink a can that's got tories on on it boris johnson liz truss and sunak god oh yes we've got one of those in the uh, in the cupboard yeah so um yeah so i'll either get around to that tonight or it'll be on the uh, the next one putting the territory superb just
0: on the north uh brewery uh, they do some decent stuff obviously uh tartarus took over there. um Old Brewery in Leeds, didn't they? So um,
1: they did indeed. And the uh, the Tartarus Fairies have visited me this week, but I'm wanting to get rid of this first before I start on it. So coming up, it will be uh, it will be Tartarus City for me because I've got one of the uh, the reduced twelve packs and a couple of the other ones just to uh, just to add to it.
0: Oh, fantastic! It's, it's great value of those twelve packs. Uh, got one myself at the moment. I'm drinking uh, a Peregrine Brewing. Now I've got a bone to pick with Peregrine Brewing because. On the last podcast we recorded, I had one that was off, the very bad, I ended up slinging it, and two that exploded. Uh, at the start of this podcast, we started late because two exploded on me. Uh, and then I've got one that's um, the, be- the best of the six. I'm giving it 1.5 out of 5 on untapped. <laughs> um, I'm starting with Hayabusa. So, yeah, quite a lot of low numbers, I think. This is the most popular one uh, they've done, and that's 78 untaps.
1: Jesus, words! You're not having a good time with them, mate, are you? with No, no, So To uh, wash the taste away of
0: that, um, from Tartarus beers. After that, I have uh, a Valkyrie, which is a Kervik Black IPA at six point two percent, and uh, very much looking forward to that excellent can art, as always from Tartarus.
1: Yeah, I put I put a post up of uh, my uh, my Tartarus shelf in the fridge, and uh, and they are got a uh, got quite a lot of love. And the uh, the artists themselves actually uh, actually got in touch to say uh, thank you for the compliments, and I've I've said that. and I've realised not got the not got the app queued up. It's uh, uh, on Twitter. It's at farre f a r e r at farre art. Uh, the yeah. is the artist who does the uh, the tartarus beers cans.
0: Excellent. So, if, if you want some excellent artwork and fantastic beer, uh, go to tartarusbeers.co.uk and put in the promo code uttpodcast fifteen. You can get fifteen percent off. And then after that, talking about excellent cam work, I've got a more amarillo. It's a New England pale ale from a strange brewery at five point six percent, and it's like that Van Gogh painting of his of his house, but there's a raccoon. In a you know chinos and a, a green jacket, looking like he's reading a Valentine's Day card, and he's obviously got a sig on the girl because there's one in an ashtray on the chair, and so, a,
1: bit, a bit of rubbish on the floor as well. Yeah, yeah. So some crumpled cans. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> life after life after the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> when Rocket goes into retirement.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, a decent can out
1: there. And it makes me think of Doctor Who, so, you know, that Vincent and the Doctor episode, so that can't be a bad thing.
0: Yeah, it'd be much better if it'd been a raccoon person. Mm. <laughs> yeah,
1: it'd, have been a bit, it'd have been a better monster, I'll give it that.
0: It would, it would. So, the episode we're covering today is the 23rd of August 2000 episode of Thunder. Uh, it starts with the logo and highlights from the previous Nitro, as a lot of these shows are starting at the time. Highlight. Yeah, we loved this episode, um, uh, this Nitro, didn't we? Yes. Uh, Yeah, uh, to to be fair. Russo offers Goldberg his release. Um, uh, Goldberg um, rejects him and chokes him out, Uh, well, chokes him in the corner. Scott Steiner's uh, kidnapped Goldberg's girlfriend. Booker T runs in and attacks Russo. The natural born thrillers in for the save. Later
1: on, we get uh, a fake out of Chuck Palumbo becoming the new WCW World Heavyweight Champion. I think that got both of us to be fair, didn't, didn't it? Because I've, <laughs> I've, I've never seen it before, and you've and you've your memories obviously faded a little bit. Both sat there thinking Chuck Palumbo was champion. What the bollocks!
0: Well, I was just listening to Nitro Nights and the review of uh, Fall Brawl '96. Uh, and you know, them saying them the getting worked by the fake sting uh, angle and uh you know all that time later. We we got worked by Palumbo
1: all this time later. <laughs> fake sting walks so Chuck Palumbo could jog. Yeah. <laughs> so he could so he could flex in the background. <laughs>
0: <laughs> With his Lex Flexer. Yeah. Vito saves us from Palumbo, thankfully. Then we get Vito versus Nash. Booker saves Vito. We get the um Messi, Jarrett versus Storm, uh, Jarrett and Storm versus Awesome and Rection, but whoever pins Storm, even if it's Jarrett, they become Canadian champion, but Storm manages to get away with his championship. And then at the end of the show, Goldberg is handcuffed to the ropes and uh, Beth is put in the Steiner recliner.
1: Yeah, it was all high drama, wasn't it? And, uh, and And we didn't see it in the recap, but we also had Norman Smiley trying to get rid of the hardcore title and failing miserably.
0: There have been some excellent Norman Smiley trying to get rid of his title segments in the last few weeks of WCW television.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> not, spoiler alert. Yeah, not, not to pull the curtain back too far, but uh, I've, I've missed out on watching a lot of the episodes and I'm considering going back and just watching the Norman Smiley segments because they really are <laughs> bloody good. Unbooking <laughs> <I'm> the <laughs> Smiley, tori. <sorry. laughs> booking the terror, Normie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, we've got other plans that might have to come in a while. Well, once we've forgotten all these episodes, we can go back and look at them through a Norman Smiley lens.
1: <laughs> oh God, that'd be a laugh! We'd have Sarah on every week.
0: Yeah. So uh, the show starts. Uh, we're in the Cat's office. He's on the phone bitching about Russo, uh, and Palumbo's randomly rifling through his drawers. Excuse me. Palumbo wants to be in the main event. The Cat says. If you're after a big star, um, I've got um Kevin Nash to join you against Booker T and do whatever he wants. So, yes, again, in
1: WCW, it's a
0: mystery partner. <laughs> oh, yes,
1: <laughs> well, that went drastically wrong with my voice, but yeah, uh, yet another mystery partner. But thankfully, we don't have to wait too long before we find out who it is. It's the WCW bi
0: weekly mystery partner. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh god, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a fad going on at the minute, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and um, I, I did like that Miss Jones gives uh, Palumbo the paperwork to like get the match going, so there's actually some due process now. Miss Jones is in the office; she,
1: she's got the she's got the cat running a tight ship, and she's probably pulling two more than a weight than her, uh, if anything, because she, <laughs> I she uh, she's I all over the so. <laughs> Yes. I did not think about the phrasing on that one. But I was going to say she was pulling away, but then she's doing more than that and yeah, I'm going to stop talking. Yeah. For a minute. Uh, yeah, so we get the
0: pyro, camera scans, the crowd. We have Stevie Ray, Tony Schiavone and Mike Toney on commentary.
1: I was very happy um, to see Stevie Ray.
0: Yes. Not, not so happy to see Mike Tonay this week. <laughs> He's a fucking
1: dick later on, isn't he?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've I've I, I have a theory about this, which we'll come on to. We'll come on to later. I don't know if you agree with my theory, or it's just me trying to excuse Mike's man workout. I'm not excusing exactly. what he said. I'm not excusing what he said, but I think I know why he said it. If that makes sense.
1: Okay.
0: From from a narrative we'll a look at that. Yeah, from a narrative sense point of view, not from it being an acceptable behavior point of view. <laughs> yeah. So the first match it's Kiwi with Paisley, and the, uh, he's against Corporal Cajun. And the Misfits in Action are out. So there's uh, Major Guns, Rection, Loco, and Stash. There's a sign in the crowd saying Kiwi saw my hair gel.
1: I saw that. I very much liked it, and I quite like Stephen Ray's commentary as well. Raising very good points about whether Kiwi is actually charismatic or not.
0: Well, I mean, you know, with with all the women he's got round him, uh, I think yes. <laughs>
1: But it'd be, it'd be nice if it came across on television once in a while. It was on Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends. What more do you want? Yeah, well, then he's just overshadowed by Louis Theroux, as all people are. It was on the episode of Worldwide that we watched, where Tank answered a mailbag
0: question. I don't remember that. Oh, no, no, we got Chris and Danny to cover it, but I watched it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that explains why I don't remember it. At least, I'm, at least I'm not remembering something I've not watched, so I yeah, do remember.
0: Fair, fair enough. So, uh, Paisley joins commentary. The um, misfits in action are um, slapping the mat to uh, get the crowd up and going for this one. And it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Slick Johnson's up to his usual tactics. He's now started selling the the wrestler doing the moves. So he was, like, running along and doing a clothesline while
1: (laughs) Loco was doing a Cajun was doing a clothesline. Even I noticed this, it was fucking annoying. And yeah. commentary also spent a lot of time talking about Goldberg rather than putting over what was going on in the ring. Because this was a, a, a fine match. It was perfectly serviceable TV match. But there was just so much distraction from the referee to the commentary to the fact that somebody had a poster of the Matrix, uh, sorry, a, a sign of the Matrix movie poster.
0: Yeah. I would say, though, when Slick Johnson's in the ring, the last thing you want to do is draw the audience's attention to the ring.
1: Fair point, yeah. One thing I did notice in this match is that Kweewee is actually pretty put together.
0: Well, I noticed when uh, Kweewee went for the top rope leg drop and missed and landed on his ass. <laughs> I thought we were going yeah. to have a Nia Jax moment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: as long as we don't have an expac moment when he fucked up the uh, <laughs> the Bronco buster.
0: Yeah, yeah. Kwee-wee tries to use a chair, but the misfits stop him. And Cajun backdrops Kiki to the outside, and that looked pretty
1: nasty actually. Yeah, it did. It was a nasty old bump. Um, that was after Kiki had thrown a bit of a strap as well, which I found quite funny. And um, then P- uh, Cajun comes off the uh, off the apron with an axe handle, celebrates right in Paisley's face on commentary and gets a big old slap for it, which I thought was funny. I love that. He's just got close enough within within Paisley's slapping range. Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got in the radius, so he's eating yeah. one. But um, they come back in and I think it was supposed to be a suplex over the top rope, but it looked like it sort of cr- just crumpled into a brain buster and that looked like it could have been very nasty.
0: Yeah, that wasn't great. There, there was um, Kikui reversed a Hurricane Rana into a faceplant and that's how the uh, match ended.
1: I've got written on that it was either a fuck-up or an impressive finisher because it looked good, <laughs> but I'm not convinced it was intentional.
0: Well, I, I thought it was an intentional reverse, but I, I am open to this being a fuck-up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How did Queery get his big win over, over Corporal Cajun? Well, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> it, it was funny. I, I, after this uh, match, uh, I thought uh, this match went on a lot longer than I expected. Then I looked at the timestamp, and when the match had started, and I was like, oh, it's five minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, like I said, it, it was a serviceable television match, but I don't, it wasn't helped by everything going on around it. Very
0: much a B, a B show, a B show opener, really. Yeah, it's settled for later because uh, Paisley gets into the ring to celebrate and Guns attacks her. Uh, we get the Misfits uh, holding uh, Guns back and Kiki holding Paisley back. Tony totally is saying, uh, I, "I don't, I don't think um, Guns took too kindly to Paisley slapping uh, Cajun earlier in the match, which, which was quite nice that they kind of brought it back to that, and you mm. know there was some kind of retribution for it."
1: Yeah, and, and making the the match that comes later on make you know make narrative sense at least you know the trying with this and 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 committing to giving you know the likes of Guns and Paisley uh, a bit more airtime, bit more yeah. screen time.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And Nash arrives, so he's learnt his lesson from Nitro
1: that if you turn up late, you uh, <laughs> don't get the match you were originally scheduled scheduled for. Had to happen sooner or later, but I bet he was still the last one there yeah
0: we come back from the break and paisley and guns are uh, fighting backstage there's a pull apart paisley shouting um i want to see you later they break away from everyone that's holding them back and attack each other again so you know we're keeping the heat up for later on
1: yeah again just one of those things that i think is a bit of uh, a bit lost in wrestling nowadays just sprinkle those things in it takes 30 seconds and it'll you know and it drops the seed in for later on just keeps it going
0: yeah, well, we've got our second bit of contract law of the night as Miss Jones gives Lance Storm a contract for a Canadian championship match.
1: Yeah, and he says, he, even after he said he wasn't defending it on US soil anymore, and Miss Jones, not in so many words, but basically to, uh, says tough shit to him. Yeah, uh, it was brilliant because she
0: said because um, Elliot Skipper said um, he ain't defending that Bell and Landstorms. You know, uh, I don't defend it on U.S. soil. And Mr. <laughs> Miss Jones says, "Look, Felix, or whatever your name is, it's happening tonight. You may be dismissed."
1: <laughs> I did like that get calling him Felix, and all that. She's a good character, is Miss Jones.
0: And you know, there's someone who's really come out of nowhere in the last three episodes. So yeah. Yeah, it feels like she's adding to the show, so that, that's brilliant.
1: Maximising the minutes.
0: Exactly. Talking about people who've only been around for the last three <laughs> three episodes,
1: the Natural Born thrillers are out. Oh, God, yeah. And this very much felt like the promo that they'd given on Nitro the night before.
0: Yeah, it did. It did. Um, Stevie Ray is saying that he knows who Booker T's partner is, but he can't tell uh, Mike Cheney and Tony Chavonny. I
1: quite like that. <laughs> yeah. That was funny sanders is basically just hyping up again so, you know the genetically jacked superstars of wcw palumbo was robbed and um, saying it's only a matter of time until they're all champions because they're bigger faster stronger and a hell of a lot better looking than those guys in the back but but only just because they're only just above average <laughs> top 49
0: <49%. laughs> yeah <laughs> the filthy animals music hits conan says uh, you forgot to include Dummer in yeah. the list of
1: Solid line from Conan, And I appreciate the joke about Sanders' dick being small. That was amusing. Yeah. Disco
0: said they call you guys genetic jackasses. Um, There's no way that a dumb goon like you, Sanders, can last 30 seconds uh, with a star like me. Well, he beat him last week, didn't he?
1: He did. He did. And that was just typical disco, innit? Yeah. Natural bone fillers
0: are uh, distracted, shouting at disco, and Vito gets slowly into the ring behind them,
1: which <laughs> yeah, I hope sneaking in, Sneaking in with a stick ball bat and gives uh, gives Reno the Russian, the assisted Russian leg sweep and just starts going at the rest of them. It was uh, it was pretty cool for a minute. I really liked this because so
0: often they do the camera angle so you don't see the person attacking them. Yeah. So the first time you see them is when they attack them, but the fact that the audience was in on it and, you know, you could see him there slowly sort of lining up his shot with the stick ball back before it all kicked off. I thought it was great. Yeah,
1: it, was very, it was really very well done. And, I, you know, I get I get a lot of the times you do want it to be a surprise attack or something like that, but with Vito being a face, you, you wanted to see the face getting one up on the heels. So it made perfect sense. Yeah, and he he's going six on one. Hmm. Exactly. Um,
0: yeah. Backstage... Booker's asking Vito if um, his all right and uh, asks Vito if he wants to tag with him.
1: Another big rub for Vito is very much continuing the uh, the rise, uh, the rise of uh, the Staten Island Express.
0: Yep, the cat's uh, law lecture continues as Miss Jones is taking him through contracts. <laughs> <laughs> I like the
1: thing is I like this. It was it was quite funny with Sanders coming in telling the cat that Disco couldn't kick his way out of a paper bag, he ain't got it like that, and James Brown was the worst entertainer ever. And Cat loses his shit for a minute until he remembers (laughs) that uh, Disco was at the James Brown concert and he has an ironclad contract anyway, so he can't fire
0: him. Oh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And we're going to start a running theme through the night about people who want Disco to have a career match.
1: It turns out quite a lot.
0: So next up, we're in Crowbar's dressing room and he's got flowers and he's psyching himself up to finally ask Daphne out after all this time. And He's practising what he's going to say in the mirror and Daphne runs in and she kisses him. Has she overheard what he was saying? No. No. <laughs> no. She, she's really excited because she's found out who her secret admirer is um, and it will blow your mind who her secret admirer is unless you've already worked it out. And um, they they went out last night, and he's so perfect. He's the one, and he'll be here tonight.
1: And poor Crowbar just looks crushed. I, I like this story. Yeah, that's it's not it. bad, is it? No. But I, th- I think in in this and then in the match later on, Crowbar just with his facial expressions, he that's it's like proper acting, <laughs> yeah. which is as daft as it sounds. But you know, we've said quite often on, on various podcasts that a lot of wrestlers need acting lessons. Crowbar doesn't.
0: No, oh, no, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, so next up, it's a three-on-two handicap match. It's the Young Dragons of Kazayashi Yang and Jamie-san, and they're facing um, the Nazi Twins of the Harris Boys. And next up, it's
1: uh, an English skipper for
0: <laughs> Yeah. The, the one thing, because well, the, this uh, match ends, basically. They um, end up giving the H-bomb to um, all, all three of uh, the Young Dragons, and Tony Schiavone says it was a triple H bomb, which I did wonder uh, if.
1: Poke that... yeah. of the Bear. Well, that that's the only the only other notable thing Schiavone said in the match was calling Chuck Palumbo Chuck Palumbi. Yes, <laughs> brilliant. But yeah, this was basically the Harris's come out, big men dominate small, and it's all just to set up Chronic in the ring and and the future inevitable future match between Chronic and the Harris's.
0: Yeah, um, they they run in and they fight to the outside. Antonio Giovanni says they're the two biggest tag teams in the world.
1: Ignoring that around about this time, I think. I'm trying to remember if Big Show and Undertaker were still tagging at this point. It's probably a bit too late. But anyway, well, they're, they're a bigger. <laughs> that's disasters for a start. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs>
0: Uh, Leila Meow's back. I don't think we, she's even been in WCW the entire run of uh, Tankatari.
1: No, I don't think we've seen her on screen before. I'd forgotten she existed, to be honest. Well, she, she's back,
0: and uh, she's uh, pissed off at the Young Dragons and shouts at them, and they all follow her to the back. So yeah. we, We've had Miss Joan start the cat out. It looks like Layla Meow's going to start out the Young Dragons. So uh.
1: Yeah, they all got a bollocking and, and sheepishly just uh, just mooched away to the back.
0: They did. So we see Landstorm and Elite Skipper, and uh, Landstorm says he can't believe that they're sending me into enemy territory.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of an odd one, though, who's saying in enemy territory. He was always going to be there and, and wrestle. So Yeah. Uh,
0: Skipper says, "Don't worry, I've got your back." And then he fucks off and he's on his phone.
1: <laughs> it was a weird. Uh, it was a weird look into the future. That one. <laughs>
0: yeah, Norman Smiley's there with Smooth uh smiley's wanting to get out of the hardcore division and smooth tells him just to give them the hardcore belt
1: well you'd think so wouldn't you but it's not that simple because of the contract well, yeah, now the cat has learned contract law yeah <laughs> it's, it's a more complex in wcw It yeah, because uh, norman can't just give it away he's got to lose it in a match but smooth suggests they should have an i quit match they just go in there no one says i quit smooth is a champ everyone's happy
0: and nothing can go wrong. It's fool- foolproof. Foolproof. So next up, Crowbar's out and it's looking sad.
1: I really felt for the poor bugger here. He just, he just looked depressed. And
0: Daphne's out. She's happy. She's got flowers and she manages to cartwheel to the ring with the flowers.
1: That was impressive. Like yeah. genuinely impressive. And don't get me wrong, I love Daphne. And, you know, all the scream and everything. It actually got people going during the match. But in the early part of the match... It when she was screaming. There was, I think, there was a few kids somewhere in the crowd. One of them, right at ringside on hard cam, visible on hard cam, just screamed back at her, like, Just shut the fuck up! You don't have to watch. You'd have to watch wrestling in silence. But please stop screaming.
0: Bro, I didn't even see that. I did, however, hear um, Stevie Ray said who's was Eli's Skipper calling. He doesn't know anyone outside Canada.
1: <laughs> Stevie Ray was full of stuff like that. He's just such a fun commentator.
0: Oh, I love a bit of Stevie Ray.
1: Yeah, start with, uh, so, like I, I love Crowbar in this era, but even today, he's still, you know, he's still doing doing great work round and about. But the way he just sort of looks sad in the corner, and then just sort of half asses it, and just like all right, come on, then let's fight. Goes for like his standard lock up and gets caught just because he's you know his mind's elsewhere. And the commentary call it, you know, call it out. I thought that was a really good start. It takes him a while to fire up, and and then it becomes. A really competitive match
0: yeah it does yeah and uh, he sort of gets back into it. he does his sort of flip over the top rope leg drop I don't know what it's like a, a bookshot leg drop isn't it if Hangman Page was doing
1: it slingshot somersault leg drop
0: yeah something like that it gets a two count anyway so yeah. it doesn't <laughs> Reno sweeps his leg like a character on Mortal Kombat
1: <laughs> <laughs> and in this Reno was a little bit of a suplex machine wasn't he a pump handle suplex, nonetheless, as well. I'm sure you spotted that. Oh, I did. One of my favourites. Uh, but what I did like as well was Crowbar hitting the Vader bomb off the barrier on the outside.
0: Yeah, uh, and while he was hitting the Vader bomb, Tony Giovanni says uh, that they've got news that on the alleged uh, September episode of of uh, Nitro, David Flair and Miss Hancock are getting
1: married. I completely missed that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, tank leaves on the 8th of September,
1: so... <sighs> well, yeah. how will how will we ever watch it?
0: Well, I, I'm going to watch it, but <laughs> I'm not going to podcast about
1: it for a while. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm not doing very well with this beer. I've just tried that Fava Magic Stout, and it, it's worse than the gin and tonic IPA.
0: Well, that's not good.
1: Oh, that is not fun. So, uh,
0: Crowbar's um, in the ring and does their second rope, Moonsault for a two-count, Death Valley Driver uh, for a two-count, and then Daphne's Secret Admirer comes out. And it is you know, dude. Well, he, he ends up getting called Aussie, but do you know why he's called Aussie? No. Because he was in that tag team. Uh, was it Aussie Rules or whatever it was? That faced Tank Abbott on and uh, Rick Steiner on Saturday night because he's uh-huh. actually in touch with his partner Corey Williams.
1: I didn't recognise him.
0: Yeah, but he looks a bit like Crowbar in a lumberjack shirt, doesn't he? Which is even even worse.
1: Yeah, he look. Yeah, he does look like low rank Crowbar. Yeah, so
0: you know, <laughs> three or four months ago we got sparks out by Tank Abbott, but he's back now,
1: <laughs> and he's with Daphne. So you know, he was the real winner. Well, exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah, Tony Schiavone saying, Who's this guy? He hasn't been watching all of Tank Abbott's matches.
1: <laughs> Tony Schiavone doesn't watch worldwide.
0: Yeah. I'm sure if. Oh, who was it? It was uh, Scott Hudson and Larry Zabisco, wasn't it? If, uh, yeah. <laughs> they'd have been here, they'd have known. <laughs> I've seen that man on the end of a fist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow, phrasing. Yeah
0: looks just like crowbar and uh, reno uses the distraction to uh, the roll of the dice
1: great name for a finisher when you're named reno
0: yeah and uh, there you go he gets the free count
1: i think reno's going for the uh, the beat down afterwards and uh, and daphne's secret admirer whose name i've already forgotten was it Ashley hudson oh he's called aussie now well the, the artist formerly known as Ashley hudson uh, chases off reno with a lead pipe that he just happened to have on him well, I'm sure you'd start
0: carrying a leg pipe once you'd uh, had a run in with Tank Abbott.
1: Well, yeah, just to whack yourself around the head with it so you didn't get punched again. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Tank, I'll knock myself out, save for the bother. So <laughs> just, I'll tell him you did it. You just go to the pay window, mate. Clonk. I'll write you a check and knock myself out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the dressing room with Palumbo and Nash. And um, Nash tells Palumbo that he's not worried about the match tonight. He's worried about Fall Brawl, so but not Fall Brawl '96 with Fake Sting, Fall Brawl '2000, <laughs> um, and uh, although he might have some concerns about that, and he, he says uh, he wants the Thrillers to take out Booker T,
1: which yeah, that's the kind of nefarious thing a heel would do. Fair enough. And then we're we're, we're over with Booker and Vito. We're getting ready. Uh, Booker's stretching and Vito's reading the paper, and all he wants to do is play stickball before the wrestle. Yeah, so they go to play stickball. Of course they do, because it's 2000 WCW. And because
0: if you say you're going to do something, you fucking do it in 2000 yeah. WCW. No, it's
1: not like that with his stretches and, cal, you know, calisthenics and, and proper warm-ups or anything like that. Vito's like, he's the Jamie Vardy of WCW 2000. He just wants to pound a red ball on the sidelines and get going.
0: Uh, I remember in uh, Lee Clark's autobiography, he was saying that uh, he didn't go in for all this warm-up. He just sat on the bench with a cup of tea and a mouse bar.
1: <laughs> Living the dream. Yep,
0: Yeah. yeah. Huddersfield Town, legendly club. So I'm we're back
1: in. It, I'm surprised it took you a second go at that.
0: Well, and I'm, I'm still. And I'm glad Warnock came back, but I'm still gutted that he, he brought the football league record for un- uh, matches undefeated. Lost two games in a row, and this act him.
1: <laughs> oh dear.
0: <laughs> So we're in the Cats office, it's the Cats, WCW's legal expert, Miss Jones, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) Lieutenant Loco. Lieutenant Loco's saying, uh, Disco versus Sanders, if Disco loses, he leaves WCW, this is great. And the Cats saying, he's not going anywhere, but you are. Miss Jones, get him out of here.
1: And nobody fucks with Miss Jones, she kicks his ass right out.
0: Yeah, so the first tank segment's next, but obviously we're going to put that in the main event where it deserves to be. Absolutely.
1: Oh, God, here we go. Right. Today's a dickhead.
0: So, we've had some really great sit-down interviews in WCW, and one of the people came out of this interview looking quite good, yep. but the other, absolute no bad.
1: <laughs> the interviewee came out of this looking really good. The interviewer came out looking like a, a chauvinistic, misogynistic cockhead and was rightly called out by uh, on it. Now, I'll save any of my thoughts... Because you've got a theory.
0: Right, so we'll just go through this segment and then we'll...
1: Um, I, thought, I, thought, I thought we'd summed up by saying Tine was a dick. Well, I, I think that's <laughs> a little bit of a
0: disservice to Madeja because, it you is. know, she's running through, you know, because basically Tine's going, we don't know much about you, and she's saying, you know, she's had experience in television on the stage. Um, she competed in national Ironman competitions and... She's in the next issue of Waiver Publications Flex. I couldn't find anything about that. so I assume it's
1: a bodybuilding or fitness magazine.
0: Yeah, so something like that. And uh, imagine her saying, say sort of well, so it was a national a natural transition to sports entertainment.
1: And, well, yeah, it kind of is.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, she, she's got probably a lot more credentials than a lot of people who end up in yeah. sports. Um, Act, acting and
1: athleticism two things you need to be a wrestler
0: he says about her being jackhammered through the table and she says she's going to be out for a while but uh he'll be there next time uh, goldberg tries or anything like that and machiné says so uh, you understand she's been at the power plants and she says that she's wanting to get more involved and she, she's working hard with uh, the sergeant paul arndorf mm. Then he starts, you know, really pressing home on this saying, you know, you've been physically involved. I'm not sure you're ready to
1: compete in this man's world. Yeah, uh, well he, he reels it off, doesn't he? Say you're five foot tall, you weigh a hundred pounds, you know, you really you know, you I think your he references are looks and, and you're not ready for this this men's physical world or something like that. And and Medesha quite rightly takes offense and, and uh, at wrestling being called a man's world and pointing out that women have much more to offer to wrestling than the looks. Yeah.
0: And Martinet is saying, you know, basically that, you know, she, she was Scott Steiner's armpiece when she arrived, and, you know, she's rightly insulted by that and says that she can be involved in the ring and doesn't doesn't like his turn of phrase.
1: And then he tries to pull the whole, you know, you might be insulted, but it's reality, that, which is a fancy way of saying, I'm sorry if I offended you. Yeah, and, you know, then she's,
0: you know, really playing on uh, the reality, I guess, of, some of the career paths that that you know women from this point and you know for, for the next sort of ten years in wrestling, she's saying um, that you know some women in wrestling get offered a player by a contract and it changes them. Uh, that's not her. She wants to be more involved in the wrestling business.
1: Yeah, well, she she basically she sort of frames it and says uh, she's not taking the easy way out and she'll fight for a you know fight for a place and and wants to give more to wrestling itself. As you say, it's um, like well, like we said before, one of these people comes out looking really really good.
0: Yeah, and then Tine is going, don't you think that if you'd taken the playboy contract, you wouldn't be sat here in a neck brace?
1: Fuck off, Tineh. That's that's the, that's the shittiest sort of... It, it's not quite whataboutism, but it's a, I don't see that as a logical argument because she could have taken the playboy contract and still been there.
0: Yeah, and the, the thing I loved about this is Madeja saying, you know, don't forget you were interviewing Scott Steiner and he was choking you out and I mm. stopped him. And then Tine comes up with some bullshit about, oh, you, you saved Scott Steiner from a load of fines and suspensions, you weren't doing it to save me. I mean, we've just seen he's kidnapped Goldberg's girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, he, do, he doesn't care about consequences.
1: Exactly. And, she, you know, Medea correctly calls out his sarcasm, and Tanay again tries to pass it off as realism. She calls him chauvinistic, and he, and he dismissively says, oh, yeah, I've heard it all before, I am woman, hear me raw." Yeah. And, and Medeja calls time on the interview.
0: Yeah, quite rightly so. And I've put bastard in my notes about Mike Tenet.
1: Well, today's parting shot, it, it was walking out, or swaggering out, and saying, good luck in your future in sports entertainment, honey, you're going to need it. And you've got bastard in your notes. All I've got is, wow, today was a dick.
0: Yeah, absolute dick. Now, my theory about... being this chauvinistic pig
1: was it written for mark madden
0: well i'm (laughs) i think that if you consider how women are being booked on the show you know we've had the pull-up out with paisley and guns we've had miss jones looking uber competent in a role we've had Mm -hmm. Layla meow come down and you know be the force that needs to sort out the young dragons. And, and now we've got Madeja saying that she wants to step up, she wants to do more, and mm. she's you know very capable and has all this experience to be in the position that she is. I think that there's a lot of stuff to be lauded about the way that some of the women have been written on this show, and mm. I think it's counterpointed by then having Tenei be the heel in that. And it almost... To my mind, makes these women look or their characters look better that they're, mm. they're fighting against this attitude, which, quite honestly, there were probably a load of people in the back with this attitude.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, that's it's a fair point. It's an angle I haven't fully considered, but yeah, and especially for the for the standards of the time, the the women on this show, you know, given their own stories, are, are fighting in their own right. The, you know, Medea's basically telling today to fuck off when he's being a dick. Miss Jones is obviously the the, the power behind the throne, so to speak. So, yeah, and I never expected to be watching WCW 2000 and praising it for, for, how, well, for well, how, how the just, women are
0: Miss Jones isn't the power behind the throne. She's the checks and balances of governance and uh, proper <laughs>
1: practice. Yeah, I didn't know the way to phrase that. I got it wrong.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it's not like she's, you know... Wielding it, but she's saying, you know, there's got to be due process and stuff that the cat had no idea about.
1: Yeah, and then you've got a character like uh, Miss Hancock as well, who's who's blatantly, you know, manipulating David Flair to her own ends. So she, you know, she's a strong character. Yeah. So and and Daphne as well. Who's who's has Daphne already been cruiserweight champion at this point? Yeah, she has. Yeah, I I think
0: that this was a calculated thing. I mean, we've already discussed on season one of...
1: (laughs) Tactical twattery.
0: Tactical twattery. I I think it was calculated because, you know, we've discussed on season one how when Russo was in WWE and he was trying to push stable and stuff, Mm. there was a lot of, you know, I mean, Undertakers are there saying that um, she's taking one of the jobs of the boys and stuff like that wanting to push them into other roles. So there would definitely have be been murmurs backstage about why they are getting this time on TV. Mm. Um, so, you know, it might not always happen in... It definitely doesn't always happen in 2000 WCW, but, but tonight I think it is
1: happening. Yeah, fair enough. I'll, I'll, uh, I will I will agree with that, yeah. It's uh, not an angle I'd consider tonight, because it, it, I suppose it did do the job, really. It made me think today was a dick, and then by extension Maneja comes out looking good.
0: Yeah, so it's two thousand. They said they were going to do it. They're doing it. Vito
1: and Booker T are playing stickball, and what you can't see is just round the corner. There's a wedding going on. <laughs> <laughs> so Booker's at bat, and he he shit at stickball. That's what we learn from. Yeah, for all his bullshit about being from the neighbourhood and know and you know knowing how to play stickball, he's wank at it.
0: Yeah. So Vito gives him a better chance by bowling underarm with a massive softball. And he still fucks it up. (laughs) Yeah. Although that stick ball is incredibly small. It's that thing from Mitchell and Webb, isn't it? They never call the cricket bat narrow. What the cricket bat is, it's very, very wide, but very, very short.
1: (laughs) 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 Sorry, all I could think is going through. I I was going to go down the route of saying it's not about the size of the stick. It's how you use it. (laughs) Then it just went went down a rabbit hole in the head of say it. It, it, it doesn't matter how big the balls are either. And I'm not I'm not mature enough to voice those jokes.
0: And remember there's no such thing as a drawing cricket. <laughs> <laughs> cricket here in Yorkshire, don't talk soft. Booking <laughs> <Anyway. laughs> a book in the Mitchell and Weber Right. Um oh, God so, uh, LeBron Firo's uh, run in an attack booker T, which he's Clear deserves uh, for his batting ability. So he's gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, and then Vito helps uh, helps booker, not the
1: natural bottom thrillers. Vito thinks, fuck this actually. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the side with them with the numbers this time.
0: And um, one of the things we've sort of lauded WCW for before is when one segment merges into another.
1: Yeah.
0: And Norman Smiley's walking past, uh, saying about how he's sick of this hardcore title. And um, the uh, dark carnival come out and mooter jabs him in the throat and um, Norman's um, there holding his throat.
1: Yeah, random attack. Not good for Norman. That, it can't kind of, uh, have kind of felt nice.
0: No, it can't indeed. Now, we're up to the second tank segment of the night, so that's going to be covered in the main event.
1: Yeah, and then we have to uh, – I was going to say we have to deal with, uh, with the sighting of General Rection, but it's uh, it's a like, skipper, isn't it, outside Rection's uh, dressing room, talking about Orson being their number one draft pick and he's going to make more money with uh, with Team Canada and he's he's going after Rection. It's going to be two-on-one.
0: Exactly. And then uh, after he leaves, Rection comes out and he's overheard.
1: Ooh. Drama.
0: Drama. Then uh, we see Booker and Vito in the dressing room. Uh, Booker T's saying, tonight uh, we've got Hall. And then he goes, oh, no, wait, I'm, think- I'm thinking about his buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that did tickle.
0: <laughs> mm. So I don't know if they are putting this in to troll the audience that Scott Hall might be coming back.
1: I think it was probably just a genuine fuck-up and nobody cared enough to uh, t- take it out of the edit. Yeah, although it's quite funny. And also, Maybe it's- it, it, it also would have gone out live anyway, wouldn't it? So Yeah, potentially,
0: potentially. No, Thunder's pre-recorded.
1: Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, fucking know anymore. There's too much wrestling.
0: I think this, the, they were probably doing multiple takes on this segment. I think they heard it, him say that, and they thought, no, this is brilliant. We've got to leave it in.
1: It's pretty funny, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they're facing Nash and Palumbo. Vito says that Palumbo's a chump. And uh, Booker T says we're going to pull the plug on them. So it's getting pretty serious.
1: Yeah, taking away the life support, fucking hell Booker.
0: Yeah. So next up is Ming-G with Kiwi and Paisley.
1: And this phrase popped into my head, and I'm gonna to have to say it out loud. Can I put it in my notes. Like Oak- Oakland got gentlemanly horny, got gentlemanly horny over the cat fight, and Paisley That's- called him out on his bullshit.
0: The thing about this is, everyone says about Mean Gene being horny in 2000 WCW, but by all accounts, this was Mean Gene backstage. Yeah, it's worrying,
1: isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. The randy little little potato man. (laughs) Randy Sontaran. (laughs) That's what I was just thinking. Chocolate! (laughs) Sontaran. (laughs) Mean Gene
0: saying about Paisley. Challenging major has gone to a fight and Paisley smiles and then he says, I've got a feeling that the fur is gonna fly, and Paisley's pissed.
1: Yes, she is. <laughs> she, she bollocks mean Jean somewhat for yes. Yep, so I think
0: mean Jean's been to the Mike Tanay School of Decorum. <laughs> I think yes. Yeah.
1: Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm peeling back the fall a little bit. I, I had to text Si while I remembered it that me and Jean just got a call to Randy Sontar because that will be coming up on an episode of Doctor Who pod. So Paisley says, I dare you
0: to face me woman to woman without the rest of the misfits. Quick, quick, come. You must help me prepare for this match. <laughs> They're not overacting at all. It's like Calculon in Futurama, isn't it? Just <laughs> <It's laughs> Acting
1: talent! <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic pause. oh brilliant! Never yeah was always a few drama reference
0: So it's great next because Norman Smiley's got a match, but unfortunately, Slick Johnson's the referee. So you can't have everything in this life, can you? So yeah,
1: but it, it, Slick Johnson might be the referee, but it's Norman fucking Smiley <laughs> in this match that you've got to pay attention to. Norman,
0: you do. So it's Mi Smooth who was out in shirt and um, pants and uh, he's facing Norman Smiley who's the hardcore champion who's coming down to the ring holding his throat from earlier
1: <laughs> and I'll, I'll be honest I, I was I was watching this and I I didn't fully get where they were going with it until uh, until the match started as soon as
0: Muta jabbed him I don't know if I remembered it from the time or I, 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 thought, this, <laughs> I thought I know what's coming here
1: yeah it's Norman just Norman just goes down onto his back and he tries to speak and he can't talk because the mooter because the moods are, um throat thrusters just ruined his throat. He, he's got no voice.
0: And then he gets up and S- Smooth pretends to hit him with the bin lid and he goes lays down for a second time and it happens again. And then he gets up and Smooth pretends to hit him. Pretends to hit him with a kendo stick and he goes down. And it happens again.
1: Oh, it's just so funny. It's so funny. And Norman's like he's there. He's trying to scream, and he just. He, but he looks like he's putting real effort in. But nothing's coming out. It's it's masterful from Norman Smiley. Oh, Norman's brilliant, isn't he? I've I've come round to Norman Smiley. I get it now. So smoothlys sick of this,
0: and he actually starts hitting Norman with the kendo stick. Uh, does the pounds and tells Slick Johnson to ask him, but Norman can't talk.
1: Same with a power slam and slow with a choke in the corner. He's a bit, uh, sl- a bit slow on the uptake, is at Smooth,
0: isn't he? He is. Norman's had enough now, and he low blows Smooth with a kendo stick, but Smooth is wearing extremely baggy, 90s-style pants.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he goes nowhere near. <laughs> unless, unless he had bollocks like Fitch, he was going nowhere near him. No. So
0: mid-big wiggle, he ends up eating the dustbin.
1: That was a sentence and a half.
0: Yeah. So two unprotected bin shots to Norman, because it's the 90s and no one knows what contracussion is yet.
1: Yeah.
0: Get a choke slam from Smooth and Slick Johnson saying, I can't understand you, Norman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Slick Johnson's fucking thick as well, but we we expect that from Thick Slick.
0: Yeah. A smooth splash and he's shouting, say it a leg
1: drop, say it, say it, say I quit, I quit, And that's good enough for Slick Johnson. Because he doesn't want to be there.
0: Yeah, he wants to go home. And well, we, we all do. want to go home too. We do, but what
1: What are you? What an innovative way for that to come about.
0: Yeah, so Norman has again, unfortunately, retained the Hardcore title.
1: But st- again, so funny.
0: So Smooth throws Norman out of the ring and he's chasing Norman to the back and Slick Johnson, the fucking glory hog, is running to the back, holding the hardcore belt up in both arms as he runs along.
1: I didn't catch that. I'd stop paying attention after the match and I was I was making notes and just waiting for the um just waiting for the next bit.
0: Yeah, well you know how referees hold up the belt at the start of a title match. Yeah, yeah. That's how Slick Johnson runs. <laughs>
1: Look at me, look at me. i got a belt, I've got a belt, i got a belt. Yeah. Well, he's got a belt, but Elix
0: Skipper has a phone. And Elix Skipper's on the phone saying, oh, yeah, erection's a dumb deal. You don't even need to call Awesome. That red, white and blue gimmick is bullshit. <laughs> he heard about his signing bonus and he was singing, oh, Canada.
1: <laughs> Quite, I like that line. That was funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, oh, no, Awesome's overheard him. Drama. Yeah, we're back in the cat's office. Uh, It's the cat, Miss Jones and Mean Gene. And Mean Gene's saying, I really want to see Disco leave WCW. And the cat's saying, I can't do that. And Mean Gene says, I can be a very persuasive man. Here's a year supply of Viagra. It's a miracle drug.
1: Or as Mean Gene calls it, a long weekend. So, do, do we think that WCW
0: was sponsored by Viagra? I think Mean Gene was. The amount of mentions
1: it's had on the show, I mean... I'm wondering if they were having to uh, try and get references to it in Or it's just, you know, this is the this is the era when boner jokes were the height of comedy.
0: In the um, mainstream. Viagra's um, this season apart. I was looking it up, looking up <laughs> if they had sponsored it, and it came up that Viagra's sponsored someone in NASCAR this season. Brilliant. But not the car, not the car, the driver. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am the face of erectile dysfunction. Yeah, yeah. Oh, please, please nobody
0: isolate that. <laughs> oh, God. So the cat's saying that he doesn't need it, and how about money, and he's getting his money out, and the cat tells him to get out of his office. He
1: doesn't give Gene um, the money back, though, does he?
0: No, he doesn't, no. No, it's that whole Jesse Ventura, he's not stupid. If Mean Jean wants to give him money, he'll take it. Yeah, he's just not
1: going to do what he wants.
0: Yeah. Tigress comes out and joins commentary, Mike is saying, Medeja has a place in WCW, and that's on the arm of Scott Steiner. And he winks and says, I can be. Which sends... Sh-
1: yeah, he gets a bollock in as well, though, doesn't he? was it Shavone or Stevie Ray basically tell him to go, don't go down that road, and Tigris gets a word in as well?
0: Yeah, Stevie Ray said, Mike, don't. We've been down this road with you before.
1: Ooh, Mike Tiney's dark past.
0: Yeah, well, it, it also suggests that maybe uh, uh, in between the shows or in the bar afterwards, they're having to tell Mike Tanae to
1: rein it in. Mike, she's divorced, you just leave it. Yeah.
0: And um, Tony Giovanni's saying, it's nice to see you, Cat, Tigress, but what are you doing out here? And Tigress is out there to support the boys. But well, they' a sex match, really. <laughs> and uh, she says, uh, can I hang out here? And uh, Stevie Ray says, well, if it was up to me. And Tony Schiavone says she's always welcome. So, of course, Tigress offers him a little filthy time afterwards.
1: They just keep telling Tony to put his headset back on. Yeah, I love that he took his headset Tony Schiavone was like, "Uh, let's go to
0: the ring, and then you can see him taking his headset off and talking to Tigress. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Tine might not like women in WCW, but Tony
1: Schiavone does. Mike Tenez having a big incel whinge in the corner as to why Tigris didn't offer him any.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's Paisley versus Major Guns. And uh, Paisley attacks guns as she's getting into the ring.
1: Yeah, it's um one of the uh, one of the chops early on in the corner was a bit low. Like so low as to be just a full on boob slap.
0: Yeah. Tigris says she's gonna have to work thirty years to pay off those secret weapons. <laughs>
1: I don't. Know, it's somehow funnier hearing you say it. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, but Paisley uh, pulls off a really good uh, handspring back elbow as well. She does shades of the great Mooter. I wonder if Mooter taught her how to do that,
0: given that he's in the company at the moment.
1: Yeah, could have done. Could have done. But it's all Paisley earlier on and just proving that uh, that Paisley is his miles better than Charmel.
0: Yeah. No. P- Paisley is much uh, much better than uh, Charmel. Mike Tinez saying to uh, Tigress uh, that she took the, swan, uh, the Sean Tom bomb on Nitro. Uh, again, a woman in the wrong place at the wrong time. Shut the fuck up, Mike. Yeah, Stevie Ray tells him to stop being a knobhead again. Good old Stevie Ray. Tigress is up on the apron and she slaps Guns. Uh, Guns is rolled up for a three count. And Paisley and Tigress celebrate. And Tony Chivon is speculating that it was a setup all along so he's not going to get any filthy time.
1: (laughs) And Tony pulls a face that made Crowbar look cheerful.
0: Now, we've often criticised WCW cinematography. Uh, There's been some good examples on this show, but this was brilliant. We start out with a close-up of the cat's face and the cat's saying, no, I've told you time after time, disco is not going anywhere. I have spoken and the camera pans back and the people who want disco to have a career match to leave are Whovi, on and
1: Ray. Yeah, because <laughs> even they don't like him. It's fucking stable mates. Oh, God, that, that tickled me. That tickled me somewhat rotten. And then when they go out, like, that's hysterical enough, but when they go outside and you see Jimmy Hart and your, your soul dies a little bit, he, 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 was it? he asks Ubi first, how it went, and Ubi says, ask Ray, ask Ray. And then he asks Ray, and then he says, ask, Co- ask K-Dog. And he asks Conan, and Conan's just like, no, not a chance. It's not happening. And there's just a queue of about a queue of about 50 people. Did you spot anyone in the queue? Uh, no, I didn't study it that, um, didn't study it that closely. So Finley was there, Shane Helms was there, Corporal Cajun,
0: Mike Graham, and Woody the production guy. Do you remember him?
1: <laughs> yes, I do, yeah. <laughs> and there
0: were about 20 other people that I couldn't see in the two seconds it flashed back. But I did, I did enjoy seeing Woody.
1: Somebody isolate that. Yeah. Because sounds um, rude.
0: Well, it's, it's back to Jim's uh, <laughs> <James> Viagra. Yeah. <laughs>
1: just a nascar enthusiast yeah so landstorm is with
0: elix skipper and elix skipper's saying um, that rection and awesome are going to be so busy trying to kill each other um, all storm has to do is wait and pick up the pieces yeah
1: it's it's a solid plan providing neither rection nor awesome have tvs in their dressing rooms yeah next up we get an above average highlight package
0: as mike sanders turns on disco and the filthy animals to join the uh, natural brawn thrillers last week on thunder <laughs> so it's mike sanders versus disco inferno and <laughs> ray Hoovy and conan come out with him who he ends up sending to the back yeah, like, fuck off dickheads i saw it on tv yeah and stevie ray says this is what happens uh, when you try and let a sad sap like sanders into
1: your group <laughs> Stevie just doesn't give a fuck, does he? Stevie's brilliant. He really is. Um, I would rather have
0: Stevie Ray than Booker T on NXT commentary. It'd be so much better. And it would fit so much more with NXT. I
1: I hope Pat McAfee comes back to SmackDown fairly soon, because as much as I like Wade Barrett, I think he's, he's more needed on NXT.
0: Yeah, he is. But, you know... Yeah, well, just send Stevie Ray and Pat McAfee to SmackDown.
1: <laughs> no, we need Stevie Ray and Scott Hudson on NXT.
0: Oh, that'd be a brilliant one. I don't understand why. The, the one that really confused me why Scott Hudson isn't in AEW, but...
1: It, yeah. I, I absolutely loved it recently, fairly recently when uh, Scott Hudson came back for... Uh, came back. He appeared for um, Impact's 20th anniversary. It was yeah. only a backstage interview, but it was so good to see him.
0: Yeah, he's brilliant, is uh, Hudson.
1: Uh, so, Disco starts the match out hot. He throws Sanders
0: out of the ring and rams him into the guardrail at both sides and throws him back into the ring and does a neck breaker.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a weird thing because the few times we've, we've watched Disco Inferno recently, the neck breakers have been of varying quality from terrible to meh. This one was actually pretty good. Yeah? A stock discos right twice a day. Uh, Sanders
0: drops his neck on the top rope. Disco bounces about and falls out of the ring.
1: Sanders drags him back in and hits the uh, hits the running penalty kick. That's uh, that's very in vogue right now with uh, with a lot of indie wrestlers. Yeah, um, in the innovator. <laughs> the animals are at the top of the stage cheering Disco on. So maybe they're being visited by three ghosts in the night. Oh, do you know what we need? Uh, sorry, what I thought looking at this. We need to bring back Rey Mysterio in Dungarees in 2023. We need Dungaree back.
0: Dungaree, that's the best version of Rey Mysterio.
1: But we're still with his mask. Nah, (laughs) he's a handsome young man. Get that mask off. (laughs) I don't think he's fucking aged either.
0: No, no. I was joking about that. I think that'd be a horrible
1: idea. Um, (laughs) I want Dungaree, damn it.
0: Oh, you can have dung- dungarees, it's just uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they should have taken his mask off in WCW, although I, I do enjoy some of, some of the stuff he does with the filthy animals. So Sanders kind of botches the side Russian leg sweep, which Disco actually turns into a pin, which was kind of nice on the fly, um, covering up for the mistake.
1: Yeah, that was very good.
0: And the natural-born thrillers uh, attack the animals, Disco's are distracted, Sanders ends up pinning him but it's too late and uh, he gets a rope break and then sanders blocks the ddt and, I, no, uh,
1: I sorry i love that that counter to the ddt when you're too close to the rope it's yeah. so simple but so effective
0: yeah we just hold the rope yeah uh, and then we get sanders randy orton style reverse hangman's noose neck breaker for three count
1: we do it's like i said it's mike sanders the innovator
0: yeah. So I think this was an above average short match.
1: It's the best you're going to get out of disco. Yeah, top 49%. This. Yeah, I've seen a lot worse, but seen a lot better. Well, yeah. I mean, what we,
0: what we can clearly say about Sanders is, though, he has constantly been in the top 49%, hasn't
1: he? Absolutely. And that's, you know,
0: what? that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. Uh, so Pamela Paul Shocks uh, interviewing Palumbo and Nash. And uh, Nash is angry at Palumbo because he told him to take out Booker T and he didn't do it. He said he shouldn't have sent Greenhorns. He said he was up all night and he feels like hell. So, so thanks for the general health update there, Kevin Nash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds more like a Nash problem than anybody else's problem that he was up all night on the piss.
0: Oh, we need Wing Commander Nash problems. Hashtag <laughs> Nash problems.
1: I was watching the webcam. <laughs> Gary's exposed his anus once him, uh, on a work call or something like that. Uh, imagine if we'd have had it when uh, when Nash was still making Towns. Yeah. Gary the
0: Cat, that is. That's not not, not blood called Gary. But... <laughs> yeah.
1: when, when, when Commander Nash's neighbour just jumps in his garden every so often, yells, look at my butthole, exposes it and runs away.
0: Yeah. Well, that might happen. We'll have, to, we'll have to find out. I'll tweet him. We get highlights from Nitro. um, Landstorm retaining the Canadian Championship when Jarrett accidentally guitar shots awesome. And Landstorm's in the ring, the crowd are chanting USA. Landstorm wants to be serious for
1: a minute. (laughs) Who'd have thought? It was a shock to me. I actually quite like this promo, though.
0: Oh, it's really good, this promo. I really loved it. It, it, it.
1: This would still apply today. That's the sad thing.
0: Yeah, it is. It is.
1: He
0: says that he may have misjudged you. Last week, I watched some of your political campaigning. I've realized America has some lofty and noble goals. Al Gore spoke of safety in school. He's getting booed at this point. Al Gore yeah. spoke of safety in schools, boo. <laughs> getting, <laughs> guns. <laughs> getting guns off the street, boo. Universal healthcare, boo. Things we already have in Canada, <laughs> <laughs>
1: and <I'm>, Oh, God, <laughs> only in America. The American dream is to become Canadian. That is a great line.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Renounce your citizenship and join Canada.
1: We could use the 11th province. (laughs) 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 It's so simple, but so good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is the best part of Landstorm's career. It just is. All rise for your new national anthem. <laughs> Again,
1: brilliant. Because you know, if one if one country is going to get all, all up in arms, and you know, that's not my national anthem. It's, it's America. I mean, they've just booed universal healthcare and getting guns off the street and yeah, well, so. yeah, but yeah, but Rob, that's obviously communism. Uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was satire for anybody, for anybody wondering. Mm. So, it's a Canadian
0: title match between the face Landstorm, evil American General Rection, and the evil American Mike Awesome. Have you noticed in the last few weeks, Mike Awesome has not been filling any fat chicks?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's after what's her face turned on him? Heidi. Because she was Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. He's a broken man. Yeah, he is. He is. He's
0: uh, not feeling anymore. Rection and Awesome are shoving each other, and then they both turn around and
1: punch Storm and hands. Which, which I popped for—that was funny. Yeah, yeah. We get a USA chant. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's Pavlovian at this point. Yeah, uh, I quite like the uh, the double teaming of the corner whips because it was done in a in a sort of very unique fashion where Rection had whipped Storm to one corner, he'd bounce out, Awesome had grabbed him and whip him to the opposite one. Bounce out another whip. That was uh, that was quite fun. And then just the holding of the legs for them for each one to hit a top rope move on him. We've I nearly got... thought we were going to do the what? up. <laughs> yes, yeah, so did I. But just with with guys that size, then it's it just looks impressive.
0: Yeah, it does. So Charles Robinson uh, in the middle of all this takes a ref bump. Elit like, Skipper runs down, putting on his
1: Grey's Cup winners ring. Yeah, because it's from that uh, that CFL career that he had. Yeah, with the Rough Riders. With rough Riders. <laughs> we
0: don't know which Rough Riders, they're all Rough Riders. Storm runs towards the ropes and Skipper pulls the top rope down and he falls out of the ring. Rection tries to give Skipper an atomic drop and Skipper punches him with the Grace Cup ring. Dastardly. Yeah, Storm grabs the single leg crab on Rection skipper stops awesome getting back in the ring and Charles robinson sees rection and um, is, is knocked out and landstorm is your winner and still canadian champion
1: and i have it on good authority that use of a Grey's cup uh, ring is actually within the canadian rule book yes
0: yeah uh, well all of this was completely legal within canadian rules
1: i believe it's uh, i believe it's rule 17b i think this
0: sort of behavior is actually encouraged
1: yeah, well, it's all it's all cleaner than a hockey fight. So,
0: yeah, there, there, there was a um, a whole chapter about standing outside your opponent's dressing room on the phone, <laughs> trying to wind them up.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was effective it was the wrestler equivalent of the art of war.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we focus on the commentary desk, and Stevie Ray saying emotionally he can't stay and watch uh, Booker tea tonight, and he leaves
1: commentary. I reckon he was just hungry and went to catering. Mike Orson
0: asks where he's going. So Mike Awesome's obviously just got a general interest in the progress of Fonda because
1: he's <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian title. Stevie Ray's got up and Awesome's like, where the fuck are you off? Yeah. not even had a match. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, Slick Johnson's back. We thought he'd gone home, but you can't have it all in this world, can
1: you? He's got four wrestlers to Mizdow in this match. He ain't going
0: anywhere. No, so it's Kevin Nash and Chuck Palumbo versus Big Vito, who's still got a Stickball Stick and Booker T, who's the WCW champion.
1: Yeah, not a bad team. I, I quite, I do quite like this look. It, it's giving both you, both sort of younger talents, a, a really big spotlight, and it, it's it's a good you know good progression for both as they test them out in the top in the, one of the top slots. Yes, yeah, with the
0: experienced veterans or whatever, and yeah, the the younger people who are up up and coming. So, Jarrett's uh, out after the heels, and he goes and joins commentary.
1: Fucking my
0: heart sank when Jarrett came out. Yeah. Vito attacks uh, Palumbo and Nash before Booker T gets to the ring, so Booker T's having to run down for the save. Nash bails out of the ring, and um, Palumbo follows, and the regrouping in the Yeah, I,
1: I quite like that, because if you're trying to play, you know, play somebody as a face, then... With Vito's history in the hardcore division, and all that, of course, he's going to go straight in for the fight, and you kind of have to respect that, even though it's dumb, fuck, stupid.
0: Yeah, uh, they get back in the ring. Vito is giving shots to Palumbo's body, and Slick Johnson is taking an absolute beating.
1: Yeah, I have to say though, like I, I know we've said it before, but Vito's body shots and just punches in general look so good. He's the Pavarotti of hard shots to the body. I know, but it bears repeating. And just how good those punches look. And I quite like that. Um, I think the call, it, is it the, uh, no, it's not, the, the, the sort of vertical arm drag, if you like. Right. That he gives, I I just like that move. I just, yeah. You don't see it very often nowadays, so it's, it's a pleasant surprise whenever it comes up in a match.
0: Well, we, we always like Vito matches, don't we? Uh, Vito gets distracted by Nash. Columbo's being a chicken shit. He's sort of kicking uh, Vito and backing off when Vito's down.
1: Yeah, Palumbo just look, again looks an absolute fucking hoss in this match, especially with that power. You know, with that power slam, and then Vito, you know, as he's trying to power through the front face lock, it's just all all really bloody good.
0: Yeah, when Vita sort of lifting towards Booker T, trying to get to the tag, Nash, Nash distracts the ref so the referee doesn't see the tag. I mean, you know, this is classic sort of tag team wrestling where they've cut the ring in half, but but it still works. That's why why it's good.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and as, the, as one of the new guys in the main event, it's always got to be Vito that that takes that for the hot uh, the hot tag to, the hog tat. For the, for the hot tag to the champion.
0: It was supposed to be a hot tag, but the crowd didn't really give a shit. And I, I put in my notes, it's a real shame because they deserved it with everything that they put in earlier.
1: Yeah, they did. And I, I, again, I, I wonder if it's a bit of that um, that B show syndrome. You know, like we saw the the opener was a bit. It was fine, but it wasn't exactly an inspired matchup. It didn't set you know didn't set a great tone for the crowd and all stuff like that. So I just wonder if they may be just a bit burnt out by this point. Yeah, potentially.
0: Get an axe kick from Booker, spin-a-rooney, missile drop kick. He goes to the end, but Nash rezer- reverses it into a choke slam and Nash goes for the jackknife power bomb, but eats a super kick from Vito.
1: Yeah, Mafia kick. Bloody love it.
0: Yeah. Palumbo does a top rope dive, and Booker T, Vito, and Slick Johnson all go down.
1: Yeah, it's a really good sequence, this.
0: Yeah, Palumbo's covering Booker T, but uh, Slick Johnson's groggy, so by the time he gets out, it's only a two-count. Vito, top rope, frog splash to Palumbo for a two-count. Jarrett attacks Booker on the outside, and then the natural born throws her out and attack Vito.
1: Yeah, I I understand completely why they've done this finish. It just, it feels like something we've seen a million times across Nitro and Thunder. The clusterfuck, you know, DQ finish, or, you know, throw the match out, whatever it is. But at least it sort of serves a purpose in that we get the focus on Booker's knee.
0: So after the match, Jarrett's holding Booker down, Nash hits Booker's injured knee with a chair twice, and then they put his leg in between the chair and he stamps on it and Jarrett and the new blood are then uh, stomping Booker T and it ends. Now you've said what you've said, but a lot of wrestling shows these days just end with someone in the ring after they've won a match. Yeah. So yeah. This, this, this was another hot end to a show as, as far as I'm concerned. And I wish modern wrestling would end like this more often.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. You you've got to have a uh, have a balance. You know, uh, there's always got to be something that hooks you in for the next episode. I just feel like in in this era and, and throughout a lot of Nitro's run, it especially with the NWO, it was always the running. It was always the you know the the schmoz, not the schmoz finish, but you know the oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was always the big brawl to end the show.
0: It heals up at the end of the show, basically. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't
1: know, it's just it, something I noticed going through season one of UTT, it, it all got to feel very samey at the end, and then maybe this is just sort of flashing back to that, where which I wasn't
0: <laughs> you, you missed so much by turning off in the last 30 seconds.
1: You <laughs> are well, that, too. That doesn't help, does it? So maybe I'm the architect of my own downfall.
0: I, I, I thought this was a decent show. Not yeah. not on the same level as the nitro uh, that was before it, but so the Nitro no. before it. Went, so you know that that was a high bar to try and uh, get up to really
1: this this was Mike Sanders. It was above average,
0: yeah, yeah, it, it, was, it was it was fair enough this show So now we're on to the tank segment, but before we're on to that, because it's tank Abbott versus the Dark Carnival. So we've already covered matches with the Great mooter and Vampiro. So now Vince Russo is going to log into LinkedIn <laughs> and look at the qualities that the insane Clown Posse might have that uh, might make them suitable opponents for Tank
1: Abbott. I don't know why he logged into LinkedIn. He could have just asked Chris Bellis and Scottish Danny.
0: He should have done. He should have done. Now, if Chris and Scottish Danny were covering this, they would do this with a lot more gusto than <laughs> than I'm going to do it because it hurts my soul a bit to be looking into <laughs> Violent J and uh, Shaggy Too Dope. Oh God! Yeah, go
1: yeah. for it. Yeah, Violent
0: J. It sounds like a crime in sports um, sort of start to his life when uh, he's the last of three children and uh, his uh, father stole all the family's money and left when uh, he was only two years old. Fucking hell. Yeah, so not great. His mother was forced to uh, care for him and his uh, siblings and uh, she worked as a janitor. Growing up, he um, got all his food from... um, uh, jumble sales and you know, food drives, um, so food banks, uh, etc. With, with everything that, that was uh, going on. And you know, this sort of had an influence on his musical career later on. Uh, he dropped out of school in the ninth grade and uh, moved Fucking in uh, with a friend uh, and they formed a gang called the Inner City Posse. They would terrorise people with army issue tear gas. Fucking and, hell. Steel car radios for money.
1: Bloody hell.
0: Yeah, and uh, this ends up with a rival gang actually in his uh, mother's house. They end up having having to sort of move because of, you know, the sort of gang violence or whatever there. So, yeah, again, just crazy life. And this is all while he's a teenager. At 17, he's sent to jail basically because of, you know, all the uh, antics he's been getting up to uh,
1: with these gangs i can't wait to see him uh, coming to wwe for an angle with uh, dominic mysterio
0: yeah i mean obviously they've got the music career uh, as well but uh, in terms of the um, wrestling career he starts out sort of backyard wrestling with uh, john who's shaggy two dope and um, they have their own backyard wrestling promotion uh, which is initially named tag team wrestling later renamed national all-star wrestling although it's in the backyard so don't know how national it was i
1: admire um, the ambition
0: he wrestles in a masked gimmick um, as uh, white tiger and also uh, in a non-masked gimmick the the works of uh, on the indies here and there he Lied to promoters to tell to get bookings, saying he was trained by Chris Adams.
1: What
0: the hell? Yeah, so Chris Adams uh, trained Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, will probably cover Chris Avon Adams on a World of Sport uh, episode at some point. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it, it,
1: it's, it's a claim. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it gets you it gets
0: you booked uh, after your backyard wrestling ninety 97- seven. They actually end up working um, some ECW shows, uh, and, and then they actually have the Insane Clown Posse's uh, Strangle Mania in 97, so they're promoting their own show. 98, they're asked to perform uh, an entrance for the auditors in WWE. I remember that. Yeah. So then uh, they have a feud with the Headbangers.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I remember that, but I do. It's, it's pulled out from one of the vaults in the back of my mind.
0: Yeah, uh, so they come to WCW in 2000 and uh, there's they initially have a stable with Vampiro and Raven and then later on they're in the Dark Carnival here. Obviously they've got the Juggalo Championship Wrestling that's running at the same sort of time. Shaggy too dope in terms of his life.
1: Yeah, I'll have to go away to be as dramatic as uh, as Violent Jay's.
0: Yeah, a number of Early teenage run ins uh, with the law and multiple arrests, ends up suffering anxiety and depression uh, through this point. Uh, admitted to multiple drug rehabilitation centers for alcoholism and pill addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, in, in terms of the wrestling career, um, obviously they're doing that together. So it follows pretty much uh, the same line as uh, Violent J. Now, in terms of how much they were earning, The normal website that we use uh, isn't up at the moment. There is another website that just looks at on the OSW uh, Reviews uh, website, and they don't have information for the Insane Clown Posse's uh, earnings. I I mean, I I, I I think they probably just have to be there. Yeah, it's a hot
1: dog and a handshake.
0: Yeah, quite quite possibly. Or they might have been on Big Money, because they they were actually quite famous at the time. (laughs) Who knows? But suffice it to say, I'd rather have the Tank Ableth.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's the first
0: Tank segment and three count are in the dressing room and Tank comes in in his shiny,
1: shiny shirt. It's a belter though, isn't it? It's a stro- as, as, as young Sam Rogers would say, it's a strong shirt.
0: It is a strong shirt. And Tank Abbott says, sorry guys, but you're fired. You've been making um, a career out of making me look bad. Well, everyone makes Tank look bad because everyone's not as good as Tank.
1: You'd think he'd know that really.
0: Yeah. This is why Tank Abbott was never champion, because being champion would have devalued Tank Abbott.
1: <laughs> I can't believe it's taken one of us that long to come up with that line. Yeah. Sometimes the
0: belt makes the man, and sometimes the man makes the belt. I mean, Jesus Christ, if Tank Abbott had been champion, <laughs> they'd have had to send someone from Mars to defraud him.
1: <laughs> and sometimes the man looks at the belt and thinks it's pocket change. Yeah. <laughs> it's only gold. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) it's not even platinum, what the
0: fuck? Yeah, and he said, um, I'm the star and I'm keeping the recording contract and three counts start complaining, which was ballsy from three count, really. It
1: is, yeah, it's uh, definitely a lack of brains in that moment.
0: Yeah, he says, easy, we have one more obligation to fulfil. You're going to wrestle the dark carnival um, tonight and after that we're done. And he grabs Helms and uh, Shannon Moore by the lapels. So he could have done that to Sean Spears, couldn't he? Because he's only lapels. Pals. Is he still about? Yeah, he's just come back. He's, oh. uh, said that He's uh, got a dream of winning a wrestling championship before he retires. I thought
1: you were going to say a wrestling match. Below, below average Sean Spears. <laughs> the bottom uh, 49%. It's, it's 49, Jesus Christ. Sorry, bottom 49
0: yeah, the only thing the only thing Sean Spears has done the uh, top forty nine percent is how, how he's married.
1: <laughs> Jesus. Oh, we should opportunity list there. I should have said bottom ten yeah. any- percent.
0: Yeah. Anyway, any who, and then so he says, uh, "You guys make me look bad, and it's going to be um, hazardous for your health." And he shoves them down.
1: The most believable wrestling promo ever.
0: He should, he should have just... I mean, it's a shame that the internet was in its uh, infancy at this time. Otherwise, he'd have um, said, hashtag tank facts at the end.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That would be brilliant. It would. It would
0: indeed. I'm just cracking into um, that raccoon beer. See <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so how that one girls. See if it's up to the hype. Yeah,
1: I've managed to get into the Daily Mash one. And do you know what? Despite having those three fuckwits on the can... It's rather
0: tasty. Well, you know, fuck which right twice. A day. I would say the right twice a day, but
1: Jesus Christ, they're not. Moving on.
0: Yeah. Don't get political. That's what James used to tell us, and <laughs> that's why we're no longer on James's network. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh, that, that's not true.
1: <laughs> yeah, funny though. Yeah, yeah. It's probably what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, He's like, oh, for fuck's sake! Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: the Amor Amarillo from Strange Brewing is uh, is decent. I'm probably going to give that a 3.5 in all fairness.
1: Good stuff. Above average.
0: Above, well, uh, well above average. It's not just a Mike Sanders. It's not a 2.51. So the second tank segment, uh, three count come back to the ring and they've got dance circles and Tank Abbot tank music hits. Tank's on his way to the ring with a dance square and black gloves over his shoulder and he's
1: looking smug and he's rocking it
0: he really no, is. He looks good the only person i've ever seen with a black hand outline anywhere near his shoulders
1: is barry howitt yeah <laughs> well that's the dream team isn't it if tank and barry ever ever formed a team even now they would just run roughshod over the entirety of the wrestling world uh, and barry would never have tagged in <laughs> wouldn't need to
0: no, no, no. <laughs> Barry can just push the wheelbarrow full of Tank's money from the pay window.
1: <laughs> and Tank could give him a good cut. You know, five, even 5% of Tank's lifetime earnings is more money than the vast majority of people will ever think of.
0: Yeah, it's more money than the gross domestic products of China.
1: Yeah.
0: Mike Tine saying it's the swan song. Uh, Tank Abbott's fired three counts uh, for making him look bad. And I love this, Stevie Ray says Tank Abbott reminds me of David Ruffin who was the lead singer of the Temptations I didn't get that reference he comes back to that later on so Tank Abbott's saying um, free counter, back up, get off the squares and Tank throws the damn circles uh, out of the
1: ring it's shocking, it's the the end of an era and it, it kind of made me sad it did Mike Cheney said, not the Green Circles, what's Free Count going to do now? <laughs> I did like that, that was funny.
0: Yeah. He tells them to uh, get out of there, um, and he says, you guys ready for a good song? And he starts singing Ain't Nothing Like a Tank.
1: He does, and that is where he's made most of his money, because that has been number one worldwide since he performed that. It's just, it's it's a conspiracy to keep it quiet.
0: Yeah, it is indeed. And I think what we need to do is put Ain't Nothing Like a Tank thing in now for the listener's pleasure. You got you to be joking. You good
1: song? You got to be joking.
0: Looks like Tank's a so tank artist. artist. Kind of like Gladys Knight firing the pips.
1: Exactly, Tony. It ain't nothing but a tank thing. Here it is again. You say you want to hear the crowd. But it ain't going to sound too loud. Tony. You see, it's hard to hear. This is the worst song in the industry of time. Both to your ears. Come on, everybody. Good ain't up. nothing but a tank tank. Ain't nothing but a tank tank. Come on. Ain't nothing but a tank tank. Do we like to- guys. Ain't he, nothing he, but a tank might want to reconsider, reconsider
0: tank firing tank. the backup singers. Everybody. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, He sang Ain't Nothing Like a Tank thing. He's won more Ivan Novello awards than the mind can comfortably comprehend. (laughs) It's just
1: so good. Miles better than three count.
0: Yeah, well, Matt Miles better than. I I dare say it isn't. Yeah, I mean, he's not on Spotify because it would make the rest of the so called music look bad. (laughs) Yeah. Taylor
1: Swift ain't got shit on on Tank Abbott. Yeah.
0: Well, there's a lot of people who are Swifties. Taylor Swift's a tanky. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag tank facts. So the Dark Carnival's music hits. Um, Stevie Ray says he needs to consider laying down some tracks. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, he was, Stevie wants a tank album.
1: He's a man of taste.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tony Siobhan is speculating that uh, the record could go plywood. He's We've brave is a callback to Dutch Mantell on Smoky Mountain Wrestling's commentary. Oh, God,
1: yeah. (laughs) Oh, the old ones are the best.
0: Yeah, we get highlights of uh, Tank versus Vampiro, straight rights to Charles Robinson and Vampiro. They deserved it. Stevie Ray says, how can anyone take this guy seriously, he gets uh, paid to take out old ladies and <laughs> Tony Schiavone says, he's a juggalo, not a oh, God I love that
1: <laughs> that was so funny
0: yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. So it is a three count Tank Abbott. So Shane Helms, Shannon Moore and Evan Courageous and Tank Abbott versus the dark carnival of The Great Mooter, who's in his third Tank match, Vampiro, who's in his third Tank match and the ICP of Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope, who have commentated on a Tank match.
1: Yeah. I love the little touch of, of Tank standing in, the, uh, standing in the opposite corner to the rest of three count.
0: Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, straight off.
1: Yeah. So good.
0: Yeah, because um they're making him look bad so he doesn't even want to start with them. Yeah, decent start from the Great Mooter against Helms with spin kicks and uh spinning elbow drop.
1: Yeah, and then Vampiro I love the way Vampiro came in and just power bombed Helms, just launched him into the corner. That could have that could have gone wrong very easily. Yeah,
0: near disaster. Courageous tags in and uh, uh, he attempts to punch Vampiro and Stevie Ray says, what the hell was that punch?
1: It was the antithesis, the exact opposite of Big Vito.
0: Yeah, it was. So it, it was really like a JR on commentary, the, the SR on uh, commentary in WCW at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. At um, least Vampiro then hits a spinning back kick and that looked good. Um yeah. I did like the uh, the dueling sort of X Factor face planters from uh, from Moore and Helms as well to uh, to both the ICP when it all started breaking down.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then there's a double drop kick to Moosa, and Moosa misses Mickey J, who uh, stumbles and falls over.
1: Yeah, it was, a, it was a bad night for Mickey. Bless him.
0: Well, thank God it uh, wasn't Lick Johnson in that. would have been selling being missed if someone else had got listed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have been able to see. <laughs> One of the sprinklers went off outside. Oh, God, my eyes. Ooh. Tank's still on the outside
0: while the Dark Carnival are tearing three count apart. Violent J Gorilla presses into a fallaway slam on Shannon Moore, and then Shaggy 2 Dope does the top rope leg drop. Shaggy covers in, and Tank is in and shoves um, Shaggy 2 Dope off. He ducks a kick from Vampiro and catches him, and the tank yeet his back.
1: Oh, I popped.
0: I popped. Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Straight right to Shaggy 2 Dope. Uh, Vampiro's got a chin lock on Tank Abbott, who elbows out. Violent J and Mooter Irish whip, Tank, but uh, uh, there's a straight right to Mooter. <laughs> and Violent yeah. J just... I love Violent Jay falls over as if he's been
1: punched, hoping brilliant. that... It was the sheer force of the punch to Muta that knocked Violent J over.
0: Yeah. Now, something we rarely see in a Tank Abbott match, a straight left to Vampiro.
1: Well, that's why Vampiro didn't stay down.
0: Yeah. Three-counter back in with baseball bats, wait for it, wait for it, and they attack Tank Abbott. Bastards. Yeah. Fucking
1: ungrateful bastards. And... Stevie
0: Ray said, this is the same thing that happened to David Ruffin in 1966 when they kicked him out of the band. So I'm assuming there was a seven-on-one beatdown to David Ruffin in The Temptations. But it's all we're left to assume. Yeah, yeah, hashtag Ruffin facts.
1: <laughs> and then all I've got in my notes is, Mooter hits the moonsault for the win. Bullshit.
0: Well, that's how Moota got into the Hall of Fame. He's got a pinfall winner. I mean, a seven-man uh, beatdown with baseball bats to Tank Abbott. So, what you're saying is the odds were still against him. So, I would argue that this is the biggest win of the Great Mover's career.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely on TV, seen by millions of people, taking down a formidable opponent in Tank Abbott. Because there's not many throughout our throughout the run of this show. There's not many people who've actually pinned Tank.
0: No. No, I mean, obviously, WCW World Heavyweight Champion David Arquette is one of them. But that's got an
1: asterisk against it because the fix was in.
0: Yeah, because Tank was a member of the New Blood and they paid him off.
1: But, yeah, but, you know, details. Yeah,
0: so certainly the in-ring stuff for Tank. There's a couple more segments that we'll see him on, and we'll cover those in Tank Talks uh, with Danny and Chris. Well, they'll cover the first one, and we'll be together for the last one.
1: Yeah, it's the end of an era, isn't it? With tanking WCW, I'm I'm, I'm going to miss covering it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's been a lot of fun covering tanks WCW. Rain, an insane period in wrestling, but a very enjoyable period that often gets shit on by the uh, IWC. So, uh, you yeah, know, it's been really fun doing. If,
1: that. if nothing else, it's it's given me a greater appreciation from a uh, for a uh, a much maligned portion of uh, you know portion of wrestling history. And uh, at least we've still got a couple of matches to do. We do indeed. And soon it's going to be SAP time. Don't remind me. (laughs) Oh, God, Bob, bloody SAP. You've got to love him.
0: You do indeed, you do indeed. Now, we've recorded this one pretty much back-to-back with the other Tank episode, Um, so we've not had any new Tank facts in from the listeners, but we have had a few people help promote the show since um, uh, we last recorded, which is amazing because there's not been very much time for that. But just just quick shout-outs for High Five Tom at the Mid Wrestling uh, Roundup at uh, MWR pod 414 actually he, he uh he did contact me the other day and said uh do you want to come on our show and review tank Abbott, bob's app and i'm like oh i want to do it on our ones sorry
1: sorry tom
0: <laughs> sorry tom sorry tom but yeah I, and i think i think we should we should definitely at some point get them on utt to discuss some ring of honor because they are the uh, ring of honor gurus
1: absolutely ring of honor is a promotion that i really mm-hmm. am not familiar with at all Uh, i've watched virtually none so it'd be an education for me yeah
0: a work in progress
1: uh, podcast uh, has shouted us out at
0: awi pod and uh, Glenn abbott always uh, shouts us out on that as well so uh, thank you very much for that lads King's Pig Bladders uh, shouted us out uh, at Pig Bladders, and he's done some fantastic artwork for Unputting the Territory and uh, the upcoming series that we've got after that. Danny at Scottish Juggalo uh, does the tank talks, but again, Tony Silver, uh, we knew he'd come. Uh, <laughs> Tony Silver kind, uh, so thank you for that, Tony. BJ Bethel at BJ Bethel tweets who was actually a writer for um sescoops.com so uh, yeah i mean we, we, the the dirt sheets are uh, getting in on tank talks
1: oh god <laughs> what have we done
0: <laughs> the downturn at downturn the it was uh, um supported us uh, quite a lot so thank you very much for that and uh, adam at drs snakes um so that's uh, very much appreciated Alexander Henry at uh, ah underscore cars s2k. I wonder if he's got a tank abbot car for a uh, 2k. Maybe, maybe we should uh... say, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's not a tank abbot, not just on backstage assault anymore. <laughs> oh,
1: god. Well, we joke we joked previously about uh, about tank abbot being the uh the secret unlockable character in every game that was that was deemed too powerful to let loose.
0: Yes, yeah, that's true. Uh, John Mack from the Objective Pod, um, look at the Objective Podcast, uh, at John Mack 8333 has uh, promoted the show, so thank you very much for that. Brandon Hennessy at Irish Misfit, um, he's uh, the uh, unofficial third member of the High Five Tom uh, uh, group, so thank you very much for that. Yeah, so um, a lot of people over the last week have uh, sort of um, shared and promoted the tweets. So yeah, very much appreciated.
1: Yeah, thank you, one and all. It, it's brilliant. Um, just yeah, getting the getting the word of tank into more ears is, is always a good thing, and we would really can't thank you enough. Yeah, no,
0: it's 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 fantastic. So, where can people find you, Dan?
1: You can find me on Twitter at dangriffin21. Usually tweeting about wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date or movies that are 25 years out of date. Uh, if you want to hear more of me talking, I'm on the Doctor Who pod with Cy Powell over on SJP World Media, where we look at one Doctor per series. Uh, sorry, one story or serial per Doctor per series uh, to see what lands with me uh, with the classic Who stuff as a modern Who fan and the opposite for Cy. With the modern Who stuff, as a classic Who fan, and uh, we've had some great guests on there, including uh, Mr. UTT, Rob himself. And by the time this comes out, we'll be well into uh, season four. And uh, just as a little tease, uh, we are going maximum chaos for season five in how we uh, in how we structure that. So, if you want to listen to some madness about an alien in a blue box, give us a listen. Excellent,
0: and. Uh, when I was on, I was covering Patrick Troutons, so, but oh, I'm booking the Trouton. Sorry, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you'd uh, tease the possibility of doing the Celestial Time Maker. Uh, are, are you going to uh, go into audio and stills Doctor Who from the missing episodes? Or uh,
1: we'll discuss it tomorrow when we record. Um, I want to, so I'm probably just going to insist until Cy si agrees.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the audio's there, so, uh, you know, it's uh, you, you can review it. I guess you could review a radio show or whatever, couldn't you? So, yeah, it's a fair game. Um, you can find me at UTT Rob. It's more about the mutuals than it is about the followers. I'm absolutely more than happy to follow back on the same channel that you listen to this year, The One Man's Me Podcast with Danny at Scottish Juggalo and the real Chris Bellison there. Following the forgotten storylines of wrestling, wrestlers that might not get that much love, that kind of thing. They also have a spin off series that appears on the channel. It's a pint sized podcast, episodes, you know, sort of 20 minutes, half an hour, that kind of thing, where they're going through every episode of Wrestle Society X and Wrestle Society Extra. There's only 20 in total. So um, it's a really easy to digest short series, um, which is uh, fantastic, really. So get involved in that and and really well researched in terms of other projects uh, we've got going on on the main show on booking the territory at utt podcast You can uh, hear in season one, the highest and lowest TV rated episodes for each creative period of the Monday Night Wars. In season two, we're looking at the first and last of wrestling, so debuts, finales, that kind of thing. Uh, We have our own pint-sized podcast. on putting the territory where we are taking a sports presentation approach to the only time that a professional wrestling championship ever changed by legitimate sporting competition, the BTE Gator Golf Series, and we're having a lot of fun well sometimes we're having fun sometimes we're getting angry because there's no var in gator golf (laughs) but
1: uh, yeah Um, come listen to my terrible bracketology and predictions
0: (laughs) but yeah no we're, we're really enjoying doing that at the moment and in terms of this podcast at utt tank you can get some hashtag tank facts such as people have often wondered why tank abbott wasn't a member of the millionaires club in wcw apparently his tax advisors told him he couldn't declare his wealth was
1: so low it's true it's true how can you how can you claim that when you've got a solid gold driveway exactly exactly
0: eurovision won't allow america to submit an entry as they fear that tank abbott would be their representative and get 12 points from every country
1: because he's had that secret number one since 2000, the problem was that due to a, uh, a
0: mix-up with the record shop not having a any change for a ten million dollar bill, he inadvertently bought every copy of the um, record that was pressed and refuses to make more. Yeah, and lions don't concern themselves with the opinions of sheep, but they are terrified about what Tank Abbott might be thinking.
1: <laughs> I really like that one, and it, it's he it just he transcends evolution, does Tank.
0: He does indeed. So we've got a couple of tank tanks coming up with uh, the uh, Danny and uh, Chris, which uh, are going to be brilliant, as they always are. And then after that, it's SAP time.
1: It feels like a threat at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's SAP time
0: time! You do know I'm going to be dropping in <laughs> a sample of uh, Bob
1: Sapp's I, uh, single. I know. <laughs> it's I know. I know. But it's not as good as Ain't Nothing But A Tank thing.
0: It's not as good as an Ain't Nothing But A Tank thing. No- <laughs> a Tank thing. So, uh, yeah. There, there we go. The, the two giants of uh, MMA and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the music industry, Bob and Abbott. But, but uh, on, on that bombshell, thank you for listening.
1: Imagine if they yeah. had a duet.
0: Oh, don't, Dan. Don't. don't. <laughs> you'll, you'll get people fantasy booking.
1: <laughs> guys, guys, guys. I'm sorry, man, but you guys are fired. You've been making a career out of making me look bad. I'm the star and I'm keeping the record contract. Oh, yeah, right. ho, ho, ho. easy, easy, easy. We got one more obligation to fulfill. We're gonna wrestle the Dark Carnival tonight, and then after that, it's gone. It's our with. And if you guys make me look bad, it's gonna be hazardous to your health.